the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The time will come when people who profess Christ will turn away from the truth of the word. They'll turn their ears away. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me what the Bible says. Don't lay those verses on me. And they will not endure the word or want to hear the word. And there will be a famine of hearing the word. And I believe you're seeing that. And we've been seeing that for many years. Today, God's Word is so widely available, it's hard to understand how rare it was in the past or how scarce God's Word might be in the future. What can you do in preparation for a future where you can't access a Bible so easily? Well, today, Pastor Dan will be reading through the book of Amos, where you will see the people of Israel suppress the truth and reject God's Word. And so God gives them exactly what they ask for. God says that he will soon send a peculiar famine, a famine of hearing the word of God. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Amos chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 4, hear this, you who swallow up the needy and make the poor of the land fail. They were taking advantage of the poor. And when it says they make the poor of the land fail, they had set up a system where it was impossible for the poor to ever get out of their poverty. Saying, when will the new moon be passed that we may sell grain and the Sabbath that we may trade wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel large, falsifying The scales by deceit, they were corrupt in their business dealings, ripping people off. That we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, even sell the bad wheat. People in the northern kingdom were so greedy, they they despised taking the day off for the Sabbath. And they said, when will the Sabbath end so we can make some more money? When will this... Feast be over so we can go back to work and make some more money selling goods to people. Some of you are old enough to remember when Maryland had blue laws. When everything was closed on Sunday. But, But people wanted their businesses open. And so they repealed the blue laws. Verse 7. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob. Surely I will never forget any of their works Shall the land not tremble for this? And everyone mourn who dwells in it. All of it shall swell like the river. Heave and subside like the river of Egypt. As the river of Egypt flooded is the picture there. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that I will make the sun go down at noon. I will darken the earth in broad daylight. Now the sun going down at noon 
as a sign of God's judgment. Jesus said in the New Testament that during the tribulation period, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And we see that described in Revelation chapter 6 with the seal judgments where the, the sun fails to give off its light and the moon fails to give off its light. It's a sign of God's judgment. When Jesus was on the cross, the sun went dark for three hours in the middle of the day. And during those three hours that Jesus was on the cross and darkness covered the earth, all of our sin was put upon Jesus and Jesus was punished by God for our sins as our substitute. Jesus was judged in our place. God's talking about judgment here. Verse 10, he says, I will turn your feasts celebration. Now, the feasts typically corresponded with the times of harvest. So the feasts sort of corresponded with payday, right? You've worked all year to grow these crops. Now it's harvest time. Now it's like payday, right? And so the feasts were a time of great celebration, great joy. And he says, I'll turn your feasts into mourning, all your songs into lamentation, I will bring sackcloth on every waist and baldness on every head. Baldness is a sign of God's judgment. Just kidding. I made that part up, right? Because, you know, right? You know, in Leviticus 13.40, it says, you are bald, but you're clean. There you go. (laughs) Verse 11, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, something much worse than that, but of hearing the words of the Lord. God will send a famine in the land, and it will be the worst kind of famine. It will be a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. It's not saying the word of the Lord will be unavailable. It's not a famine of the word. It's a famine of hearing the word. The people of Israel had the word. It was available to them, but they refused to listen to it. They refused to obey it. They ignored the word. They rejected it. It was a famine of hearing and obeying the word. In the New Testament, Paul tells us, That there will be a turning away from the word, a famine of hearing the word in the last days. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, Paul says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Here's why Timothy should preach the word for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Paul says to Timothy, you preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Whether people like it or don't like it, you just continue to preach the word, whether it's popular or unpopular. And he says the time will come when people who profess Christ will turn away from the truth of the word. 
They'll turn their ears away. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me what the Bible says. Don't lay those verses on me. And they will not endure the word or want to hear the word. And there will be a famine of hearing the word. And I believe you're seeing that. And we've been seeing that for many years. A famine of hearing the word. And that's what happened in Israel. It's not that the word wasn't available. Just like today, you know, you can get a free Bible. It's on the radio. You can get apps. You can watch YouTube videos. The word of God is more available today than it has ever been at any point in human history. But there's a famine of hearing the word. People don't want to hear it. Don't tell me what the Bible says. Professing Christians don't want to hear it. Don't try to tell me that I've got to obey what that book says. But I'm a Christian. But I'm a follower of Christ. Well, you're on the broad road. Look what happens in verse 12. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. Now tune into what he's saying here. These same people who in verse 11, they rejected the word for years. They refused to obey the word for years. Once things come crashing down upon them, they will start seeking the word of the Lord then. Then they'll want to know, what does the word of God say? Then they will seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. They refuse to hear the word for so long that once they do finally seek the word, God says they're not going to find it. God's going to close that door. In the same way that if you were having a conversation with me face to face and we're in the middle of a conversation and I'm in the middle of telling you something that's very important. If you turn from me and just walk away and turn your back to me. And then come back 10 minutes later and say, what were you saying? You think I'm going to waste my breath on you? And here God for years and years and decades and decades, he sent the word of God to them through Moses And he sent the prophets to them and prophet after prophet declaring the word of God to them, trying to persuade them to turn back and they've ignored and they've turned their back on God. But once everything comes crashing down and the Assyrians invade the land and their cities are getting destroyed, then they're going to seek the word of the Lord. What, What does God say? What does God's word say? God says, yeah, they're not going to find it then. Remember several Sundays ago, we talked about the person who builds upon the rock and the person who builds upon the sand in our study of Matthew. And the person who builds upon the rock is the person who hears the word of the Lord and does it. And the person who builds upon the sand is the person who hears the word of the Lord and then ignores it. Remember that? And I showed the little video of the flood. And then the floods come And wash away the house that's built upon the sand. And when that flood comes and the house is getting swept away, it's too late for that person to then start building upon the rock. The flood has come. It's too late. And when the Assyrians invade the land of Israel and start conquering the cities and they're throwing dead bodies over the wall, then the people will start seeking the word of the Lord. What does the Bible say? What does the word say about us? It's too late. 
Now, I want you to turn with me over to Proverbs. Proverbs 1.23, the Lord speaking says, Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. If you just turn, if you just repent, I'll pour out my spirit upon you. I'll make my words known to you. Look at verse 24. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. it. Because you disdained all my counsel. And would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then, verse 28, they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because, here's why, they hated knowledge. Knowledge of the Lord that comes through his word. And did not choose the fear of Of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. That's the word of the Lord. That's God speaking. Saying, Hey, you know, I reached out my hand to you, but you refused. You had disdain for my counsel. You wanted nothing to do with me. You wanted nothing to do with my word. You despised my word. And now the calamity comes upon you. Now you're going to seek me? Now you're going to seek my word? Turn back to Amos chapter 8, verse 13. And that day when the calamity comes at the hands of the Assyrians, the fair virgins and strong young men shall faint from thirst. You know, those that are in the prime of their life. You know, this waste of a generation here. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, that would be the idolatry in Samaria, who say, as your God lives, O Dan. Remember, they had a calf set up at Dan to worship. As the way of Beersheba lives, they would go down to Beersheba in the south in the desert to worship idols there. They shall fall and never rise again. These idols that they're trusting in, these gods that they're trusting in are going to fail them. They're not going to save them. So chapter 9, we'll go through it pretty quickly. We have this final vision. I saw the Lord standing by the altar and he said, strike the doorposts that the thresholds may shake and break them on the heads of them all. I will slay the last of them with the sword. He who flees from them shall not get away, and he who escapes from them shall not be delivered. He's describing their 
their temples where they worship their idols. He's saying, knock them down with the people in them. They're just like Samson. Remember Samson with the Philistine temple? He knocked down the pillars and the whole temple collapsed and all of the, the Philistines. God's going to do that to his own people. Because they're just as wicked now. Knock it down. Let it fall on them. Verse 2. Though they dig into hell, from there my hand shall take them. You can try to dig as deep as you want in the ground to hide. I'll still find you. Though they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. And though they hide themselves on top of Carmel, from there I will search and take them. Though they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, like Jonah, remember? From there I will command the serpent, and it shall bite them. Though they go into captivity before their enemies, from there I will command the sword, and it shall slay them. I will set my eyes on them for harm and not for good. God describes the destruction of Israel. And again, he begins his judgment at their false temples to their false gods. And his judgment will be inescapable. No matter where they try to hide themselves in that day, they won't escape his judgment. It's interesting. Look back at verse 3. He mentions Israelites hiding atop Mount Carmel. And Mount Carmel, if you remember, that's where Elijah took on the prophets of Baal. And where Elijah called Israel to choose the Lord. Remember, if Baal is God, serve him. But if the Lord Yahweh is God, serve him. And the people were silent. Hey, well, let me think about it. I don't know if I want to choose the Lord. It was there where God showed his great power against these false gods of Baal, prophets of Baal. And now, when the Assyrians invade and God's judgment comes upon the nation, ironically, the people of Israel will hide from God's judgment on that same mountain where they were given the opportunity to trust the Lord. Now they're going to be hiding from the Lord on that mountain. Verse 5, the Lord God of hosts, he who touches the earth and it melts, and all who dwell there mourn, all of it shall swell like the river and subside like the river of Egypt. My judgment's going to come in like a flood, he's saying. Look what it says in verse 5 of God. He touches the earth and it melts. Who's going to stand against him in judgment, in the day of judgment? I mean, you have zero chance of surviving this, of winning. He who builds his layers in the sky and has founded his strata in the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth, the Lord, Yahweh, is his name. Are you not like the people of Ethiopia to me, O children of Israel, says the Lord? Did I not bring up Israel from the land of Egypt, the Philistines from Kaftor and the Syrians from Ker? Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob. I'm, I'm going to destroy the nation of Israel. But God says, I'm not finished with you. I'm not going to utterly destroy the house of Jacob. I'm going to bring them back, as we know. For surely, verse 9, I will command and will sift the house of Israel among all the nations as grain is sifted in a sieve. Yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. God will sift the nation, but he will not lose track of a single one of his people. He's got a remnant mixed in with the nation. God always has a remnant 
of true, faithful believers. And God says here, I'm going to keep track of those who belong to me as the nation is going through this. I'm not going to lose a single one of them as I'm pouring out my judgment. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say the calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. There are people in the nation saying, God's not, never going to judge us. These are hard days, but these aren't the last days. It's never going to happen. Weren't they surprised? Verse 11, on that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. So now God shows Amos a vision of the kingdom age when the throne of David is restored in Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ returns, the son of David, and establishes his kingdom and sits upon the throne of David and rules over all of the earth. He says here that the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, I'll raise it up again. There has not been a person from the line of David sitting on the throne of David since the destruction of the southern kingdom in 586 BC. This tabernacle has not been raised up yet. It's, this is a prophecy that will be fulfilled in the future when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom on the earth that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. That's us. Those of you that are here that are Gentiles. Says the Lord who does this thing. I love that. The Lord who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming. Verse 13. Says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed, the mountain shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it Again, this is looking ahead to the kingdom age. At the end of the tribulation, when Jesus Christ returns and he establishes his kingdom here upon the earth and he's reigning from Jerusalem upon the earth for a thousand years, at that time, there's going to be great blessing and great abundance again in the land of Israel. I mean, this is quite a bumper crop that's described here in verse 13. They'll have so much to harvest they'll still be harvesting when it's time to plant the next crop. That's something. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. Look at verse 15. I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. So he's not talking here about the return after the captivity. There was a group that came back after the captivity, but they were removed from the land. They were removed from the land again in 70 AD. This is talking about the kingdom age when Jesus Christ returns and the land will be given to the children of Israel and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. And so Amos showed great courage and boldness to speak the truth in a very wicked and ungodly culture. And may God give us the same boldness and courage and power by His Spirit. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. 
Amos 4 verse 10 says, I sent among you a pestilence after the manner of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword, and I carried away your horses, and I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. The first half of chapter 4 contains many words just like this, where the Lord says, I sent hard, hard things your way, but you didn't return to me. Often we look at hard things as outside the will of God. Certainly, a God who loves us wouldn't send difficulties our direction, or would he? As a loving God, a loving parent, he will do what he needs to do to get our attention and draw us back to him. Examine your own life today. Is there anything you know is not right? Bring it before the Lord today. Turn your heart toward Him. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton right here on Ring of Truth, a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. You live in the area? We'd love to meet you. Come join us on a Sunday morning for worship. You can find all the information you need at calvaryec.com. Once again, the website is calvaryec.com. And for those of you who aren't in the area, Head on over to iTunes and find our podcast. We have so many more great messages to share with you. Well, we are running out of time for today, but we want you to know that we are praying for you. So come back and see us again next time for another great message on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.